Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. This is Nathan Harper with you today for Exploring Missions. We're glad you've uh, tuned in and checking us out, and we pray that God will uh, use this in your life to uh, equip and, uh, and, and see you grow spiritually closer to the Lord, um, I believe is is the closer you grow to Jesus, the closer you get to Jesus, the more mission-like you become, the more uh, like a missionary your life will look. And we're going to talk today with a special guest who is a missionary. And knowing her personally, I can say she's a lot like Jesus. Um, a friend of mine, her name is Wendy Bartell. Wendy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And so Wendy is going to talk to us today. She's going to share her story and what she's doing, but she's serving with uh, Operation Mobilization, and she's in Europe, And um, but currently she's home in the U.S. on, on furlough, and so we wanted to uh, talk with her about her work, uh, but Wendy, first, before you tell us about your work that you do, because it's quite interesting, we'll, go, we'll mm-hmm. go ahead and give people a hint. You're actually an artist, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So um, Wendy is an artist who is also a, a mission worker. Um, but Wendy, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how that happened and how you came to know Jesus so our listeners can follow along with you with that. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, I come from a large family. I'm the second oldest of nine children. Uh, I was actually born in Canada. My dad's Canadian. Okay. And then when I was about 10 years old, we moved down to Minnesota. Uh, so I kind of grew up half and half in Manitoba, Minnesota, and uh, I came to know Jesus at a very young age. Uh, my both my parents are believers, okay. and so I kind of always grew up hearing about him and going to church and et cetera. And then, I mean, at some point when I was really small, apparently is when I first prayed some little children's prayer. But then at 10, I do remember having a really significant experience of kind of repentance and um, really crying out to God and saying, like, this is, I want to give my life to you. Mm. Um, And so from then on, I just remember thinking a lot about missions. And uh, my parents um, had a lot of missionary friends uh, that they had got to know from a missions trip. And so they were always um, talking to us about them, and we would see them on furlough when they would come home to the U.S., um, and we would read missionary biographies together, and my parents would, like, encourage us to read missionary stories. And so it was kind of very much in the culture of how we grew up. Mm. How how um, important do you think, I mean, obviously it's important for what you're doing now, but um, do you, th- I mean, I just have a, I don't know, this is popping into my head, so I'll, I'll ask <laughs> you what you think. Uh, growing up in that kind of environment where missions was talked about and and uh, put as a priority, even as a child, would you do you think we would see more mission workers, more people called? Because that's always the need. We need more workers. We need people to go to places where people don't have access to the gospel. There, yeah, but there's that lack. Um, I mean, that would be in, in a way to see that happen, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, of course, God calls people in all different ways, but I definitely think that um, it's important to expose children to that kind of idea. Because um, for me, anyway, as a child, it was very inspiring to see um, people who would give up their whole lives, um, especially like um, missionaries from like a couple centuries ago that would have to like leave, and there's kind of no hope of them coming back because yeah. of just how difficult it was to get to a different continent. Um and so, yeah, for me, that was really inspiring that there would be a God so big that a person would be willing to leave everything behind um, and be happy to do it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it's important to share stories with children and kind of inspire them in that way. So that became really uh, personal to you. Uh, when and where, how, how are you uh, going about I guess, processing this and even experiencing God's call on your life for you yourself. Yeah, it really felt like a kind of roundabout journey. Um, it was a lot of kind of discovering, first of all, seeking God more more closely, like personally just as about my relationship with Him, but then um, kind of constantly wrestling with the question, what does that look like if I would serve Him long term? And I, I guess it really never... It was, for me, it was never an option to do anything but long-term. Like, I, there was a lot of short-term trips I took, mm-hmm. um, just kind of in the discovery period, looking for what would that look like, um, kind of trying the waters, different countries, different cultures, different types of uh, mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always kind of looking for that perfect fit where, like, God was calling me to, to kind of settle in and, like, really give my life to it. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, and I did like some various random education. Um, like I was actually pursuing medical degree for a while and then that didn't pan out. And then yeah, <laughs> I never, I had been drawing actually um, since I was a small child. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that never really occurred to me that I, at the time when I was younger, that art and missions could be a thing I could do together. So right. I was, so that was kind of, I think, um, a tension in my, like, a un- unperceived at the time tension of having this just passion for, like, art and creating and, and beauty, um, but then also this really strong passion to just give my life to whatever God would call me to do and kind of this, yeah, wandering around trying to figure out what that meant. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. mentioned drawing. um and you're talking, you know this, uh, you're talking to an unartistic kind of guy here. Um, <laughs> but what are some of the other mediums and what are some of the other things? How do you express your art? You're you're a musician in some ways too, right? I mean, what are yeah, all the ways you like yeah. to express art? I really love all forms of art. Um, what I'm mostly known for and what I kind of do the most of is um, painting. Mm-hmm. And so I'm now into oil painting. I do acrylic as well and do oil different forms of drawing or mixed media. I also play piano and sing. Um, but yeah, what I'm really been like pushing into lately artistically, um, and it kind of, yeah, well, it's not, not really separate from my ministry either, but, um, trying to express through my art, mm-hmm. um, things that either God is teaching me or things like on a personal individual level or things that, um, I don't know, I feel like God is trying to say to a community or, um, yeah, just kind of expressing 
different aspects of who God is in relation to who we are, different things like that. And so, yeah, it's, my art has kind of definitely evolved in the past, like, maybe five years um, and is a lot more kind of abstract in, in its ideas right. that it captures. Um, and I don't know, I want to get ahead of myself, but one of the things that um, I'm working on currently in this past year has been creating a series of art with my church in Belgium um, to to express the parables in a visual form. Wow. So we would, like, discuss um, maybe the parable of the sower in church, and then I would, like, create something um, to express that as well. Or we, one of my favorites was we um, were talking about the parable of uh, the Pharisee mm-hmm. and the, I think it was a tax cluster, that were praying outside the temple, right. and the Pharisee was really proud, you know, and then the tax collector was really humble and just really felt like he wasn't worthy of God listening to him and how their perception of themselves was actually opposite of the way God, um, in the way that God received them yeah. and how the Pharisee was actually far from God and the tax collector was close to God's heart. And so I, yeah, so I kind of did a painting on that playing off a famous Belgian artist's work that kind of um, does just a realist night and day in one painting kind of idea. Oh, so. yeah. We can tell that you're very passionate about, about your work and, and, and art. And, um, and, you know, I think that's super important that, um, you know, someone like me, it would be a joke to try to, you know, paint something. Um, <laughs> but to see you have a passion about what God is calling you to do, I think God can really, I know he has, and he continue continually will use that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you you God has kind of led you to kind of see these two things: um, a, a heart for uh, for the gospel to uh, get to places where people are far from God, people don't have mm-hmm. access to the gospel, people that don't know Him in mission work, and then artwork, and seeing these two meld together. Um, mm-hmm. I find that really interesting, um, but I do want to ask um, in in your artwork, like how did you study that? Is is it classes you took, or is it just a lot of natural ability that you just kind of worked with and developed? How did that happen? Um, it was a lot of um, just working with my talent and like challenging myself. But I did take a correspondence, um, like basic art class. Mm-hmm. So it went over a lot of um, like drawing basics and perspective, um, how to reproduce shapes, different things like that. Um, so that was a good foundation. Okay. Um, and then from there, it's just been, um, yeah, continuing to to search for ideas, um, to challenge myself with, you know, either from other friends' artwork or from things I find on like. Pinterest or YouTube. <laughs> right, yeah. So we're talking today with Wendy Bartel, who is a, uh, a missionary in, uh, in Belgium, and she's also an artist, and God has called her to uh, use those both together for his glory. Um, but Wendy, real quick, um, I know a lot of our listeners, probably most of them, have not seen your work, but yeah. it's incredible. I want to say that your, your work is unbelievable. It's beautiful. 
is the, there's a website they can uh, check check that out, right? Um, yeah, uh, my website is wlbfineart.com. So wlbfineart.com. Um, so I'd I'd encourage you to check that out and uh, see the incredible work that that Wendy's doing. Um, so now you're you're working. Your work is in Belgium, mm-hmm. um, and so most of us realize that's Northern Europe. Um, mm-hmm. Does Belgium have a um, like a a history of art of of fine art? I know we see a lot of Renaissance paintings from uh, France and Italy, and yeah. But what uh, about there's a, a huge art culture in Belgium? Um, there there is some Renaissance art. There was some of the um, uh, the Impressionists came out of Belgium as well. Okay. Vincent van Gogh, if you're familiar with him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there is also a huge surrealist movement. There's a painter called Magritte, who is a famous Belgian artist. And there's also a, a huge number of comic book artists in oh, Belgium. Really? Okay. And they produce, I think, the most comic books of any country. Um annually. So yeah, it's okay. a huge, a that's, huge place to see art. And yeah, that's good art. to know. I can impress my comic book friends. Uh, <laughs> my fan, my friends that are fans of comics, I can impress them with that bit of trivia there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and Belgium also not only has a history of art, but historically was a strong, um, a, a strong, uh, place, I guess you would say, for Christianity. Is that is is that right? Uh, yes and no. There's been a strong Catholic presence, and there's still, I mean, it's wavering. Mm-hmm. But um, during the time of the Reformation, when a lot of the Western Europe countries were experiencing revival, and there was a lot of Protestant believers, actually, if I understand it correctly, all of those believers were pushed out of um, Belgium by the kind of a movement of the Catholic Church. Okay. And they fled into the Netherlands where there is a much bigger um, influence of the Protestant Church. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, Belgium kind of missed out on the Reformation hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a really dark place, spiritually really heavy because there's this, been this Catholic oppression, which has been very oppressive, and they have, as a lot of um, Catholic movements have been throughout Europe, uh, people were not allowed their own Bible, so they really have little to no knowledge of what actually is written in the Bible, even today, Hmm. Um, because there isn't that culture of reading the Bible at home and, like, um, just studying it together. Right. Um, But then, uh, on top of that, there was a lot of pagan religion in Belgium, um, before the Catholic Church came, so a lot of witchcraft, a lot of um, superstition, and and that sort of thing. Um, and when the Catholic Church came, they didn't actually, um, you know, push that out. Right. It sort of just got mixed in with the Catholic um, right. faith. Kind of syn- so syncretism of, kind of thing. Sorry? Like a syncretism. Yeah, and so it's really, coming from um, the United States, it's a lot of, um, Christian culture kind of around, it's very strange because people will, you know, they'll go to Mass on Sunday and talk to the priest, maybe do confession, and then uh, 
they might go home and on the weekday, like, call a witch and see if he can help them with some sort of problem they have in their garden. And I'm like, wow. I don't understand how you can do both. And <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> but, hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm, we're learning a lot today. Uh, and um, so why, why are you in Belgium? Like, why are you specifically there? Yeah, I went in 2014. I went for three months to Italy um, for a program uh, for artists who are interested in mission. Mm-hmm. And so when I was there, I heard about um, some other workers who are, were working in Belgium. And uh, so I was really interested in it. But it also, on top of just hearing about Belgium, while I was in Italy, God really broke my heart for the, just the state of Europe. It's become kind of a forgotten field, I, yeah. it seems. Um, and a large uh, number of countries in Europe, if not a majority, um, have less than 1% believers. Really? And so um it's like shocking actually um how how much need there is and mm-hmm. how much um yeah just how much people just really have no access to the gospel even though there's been a Catholic church there in Pasadena because there's so few believers and there's been so little just bible knowledge spread mm-hmm. to the just common people that most of the friends that I've met since moving to Belgium um, have never had uh, a believing friend. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's wow. really That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, so not only is there a dwindling, I would say, over the last several, really, I would say probably century or so, um, there's been a dwindling of um, um, influence from the church Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's even a loss of biblical concepts now for the ordinary yeah. average European. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's really interesting. So the 1% you're saying that's, that's, um, really numbers that reflect an unreached people group. Yeah. Um, Definitely. wow. The need is there. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Just kind of share with our listeners the need for not just Belgium, uh, specifically we, and we want to pray. Uh, mm-hmm. For you and the work there, but just j- Europe in general, what what is the you know the need for the gospel there? Yeah, there's. I would say there's a huge need for people to come to Europe and to just um, I don't know, live out a real relationship with Jesus um, and walk alongside people because there's been so much. Um, the Catholic Church has been present for centuries, mm-hmm. but people have the Catholic Church has been oppressive in a lot of countries, and there's a really negative opinion of Catholicism and even in religion in general mm-hmm. um, for the average European. And there's a push towards the secularism and like to having no religion whatsoever. Um, and it's kind of seen as, uh, like religion is seen as something that's either um, for people who are ignorant or for the older generation that's no longer relevant. Mm. Um, and so, but people just don't see, they don't see God active in their lives. They see like a lot of things going wrong and uh, they don't see people's lives transform. They don't see people going to mass and then coming home and like acting any differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a great need just for people to see that like God is real 
and God is moving and God like transforms lives. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's been what's most powerful, at least in my experience, is to, to see how just simply sharing about um, my relationship with God and simply just being there um, has caused a great influence on my community. Um, just people are just surprised, for one, that I would want to um, give up my life to to just obey what God's calling me to do. Right. Like, wow, that's strange. Um, but then also just that daily small things like the Holy Spirit giving me more patience or the Holy Spirit like um, just giving me love for people I don't even know yet. Things like that are almost unheard of to people and it and to them it's like yeah, I think it's really cool to see the transformation that happens in people's hearts as they just see see that light of God um being around them. That's amazing. Um so we definitely want to join with you in in prayer for uh the people in Europe to one to hear the gospel but also see a gospel witness lived out on a daily level. Uh, in their in their circle uh, of relationships uh, from from true believers from Christians who will uh, either be raised up or be sent uh, sent to Europe like yourself and um, mm-hmm. so you're engaging with people like this on a daily basis but mm-hmm. you're using um, your art to to kind of to engage them with or to get to know them how does that work how does the art on a practical yeah. level work with that um, in kind of a variety of levels. So, um, the kind of most professional level I use it is to do various exhibitions, okay. whether they're solo exhibitions or with, um, other artists that I've met. Uh, my most recent exhibition was with one non-believing friend and one other believing friend. Um, and we just did an exhibition for the community. And because most of my art is, um, created out of, um, kind of a reflection of my relationship with God in various capacities. Um, most of my inspiration comes from my faith. So it's really easy when people start to ask, oh, like, what inspired you to paint this? Or like, why did you paint this? What is this about? I can really easily just transition into sharing some of my story through my art. Um, and in Belgium, it's super normal for people to go to an art exhibition because it's such this big art culture okay. and to talk with the artists and that sort of thing. So it's such a normal, organic way to share that I find that it's really effective. Um, and then I also like to engage with other like local artists and just kind of we create together, just get to know each other and that kind of um, artistic connection um, like, is an easy, natural start. And then we easily because again, art comes out of like inspiration from life for most artists, like different things. It's easy to start talking about faith as well out of that. Um, and then I also use it as a way to just um, serve the community in a way um, by like giving little classes for kids or different workshops or things like that um, at a couple of various places that I volunteer. So, yeah. That's really great. Um, I'm, I'm finding it interesting, at least personally for myself to, to hear, um, you know, and and I know, you know, I've, I've tried to keep up uh, with uh, with you with newsletters and updates that you provide, but it's, it's it's interesting to hear this end of the the story. When I remember the the front end of 
the story of uh, of you, you know, praying through and exploring what does it look like to do art and missions, and mm-hmm. uh, where is God calling me? And and uh, I know there was um, on the front end for you there was some, uh, you know, I, like anybody there would be apprehension, a little bit of uh, wondering what it looks like, and yeah. uh, and now to hear what it really is looking like. Uh, it's really encouraging to me um, mm-hmm. and exciting. Is it? Is it what you thought it would be? I don't really know if I knew what to expect. So, sure, yes, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's been fun to just um, kind of explore, if you will, different options mm. um, and kind of just exploring arts ministry and um, learning and adapting to the Belgian culture have kind of sort of happened simultaneously. So that's been kind of interesting as I, so yeah, like the, the one I learned about more about like the way Belgians, I kind of live their daily life and different interactions with art um, throughout that. Then it kind of inspires me in different ways that I can use my artistic talent to either serve or minister to people. And mm. so, yeah, it's been kind of fun. That's great. And and you've learned French along the way, right? Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So um, we're, so, we're, we're we've been talking with Wendy Bartel uh, and you serve with Operation Mobilization. Can you quickly, just a couple seconds or so, give us a little bit of information about, about OM and how people might be interested in, in seeing what they're up to? Yeah, uh, OM is an international organization that works uh, in a variety of countries. And our heart is to see communities of Jesus followers among the least reached. So kind of our focus is to go into least reached or unreached areas. Um, And ministry looks really different on every field. but just to, yeah, be incarnational um, in these communities and try to help um, yeah, grow um, kind of little pockets of Jesus followers that will then, of course, um, share with their neighbors and hopefully will become some sort of yeah. multiplication M- Multiplying process. movement there, right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So uh, real quickly, uh, tell us, Again, uh, your website, how people could contact you or either, either you or OM. And then maybe yeah. one one quick, simple prayer request. Okay. Um, my personal website, or you can find my art, is wlbfineart.com. Um, there's also a contact page on there if you want to contact me. Okay. Um, and then OM is omusa.org. You can find out more about them. They have lots of information for if you want to give or go with them on a trip. Um, and then a prayer request for me um, would be pray for wisdom as I'm uh, walking alongside a friend of mine who is of the Buddhist faith, mm. and she's really searching for filling this void in her life. And I've been talking to her about Jesus. I'd really love to, um, yeah, to one day be able to call her a sister in Christ. Amen. Thank you, Wendy, for being with us today. We really appreciate you, and we'll be praying for you as well. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. 
And no matter how God has gifted you, artistically or not, use those gifts for the glory of God. 